Hello everyone and welcome to another live stream here. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about chord shapes and chord types and um, just trying to think about how I might talk about um, or what kind of title I might create for this talk and um, um, so I came up with um, chord types and extensions um, because um, you can think about a few different types of chords and then um, come up with different ways of, of let's say coloring those in um, and working working with those so um, I think that's a fairly decent way maybe to to think about about these So I'm going to start out today uh, with a tune um, I haven't actually played in a while. Um, I've been looking looking for um, kind of a blues tune that, that I thought might might be uh, instructional. So uh, it's going to be blues for Alice. So I thought I'd start out today by playing uh, a little bit on on that. Um, on that progression and um, kind of do a little improvisation on it <clears throat> to start us out here. All right. So we'll start out with that and uh, then we'll get into some things. I'll, I'll have some uh, chord diagrams um, and things kind of ready to go too. So, uh, Hopefully this is all dialed up nicely enough. Um, let's take it at a uh, sort of medium tempo here. Thank you. 
So um, moved a little bit more into the chords there. I realized I had uh, uh, meant to demonstrate a little bit of some more chords and things like that as we uh, talk about things uh, today. And hopefully you heard different instances where I might have played a mitre on one chorus. I might have played a minor um, <clears throat> seven flat five um, on one chorus for or a certain segment, or um, or um, a dominant versus uh, sort of major, um, and the the turnaround too. Maybe playing around with different uh, versions and uh, or different types of chords uh, that may fall into different families um, in order to just give some variety and change things up, and um, that's kind of part of the. The fun of um, and the challenge of playing um, playing tunes and um, and kind of interacting with with a, a rhythm section and everything. Okay, so let's uh, talk about some changes and and or chord types and things, and maybe I'll keep this. Um, applicable to this uh, chord progression. So there's different types of blues um, progression. So some, some are very dominant seven, some are minor, and some are major. So um, this, this type of tune has sort of a, a major quality to, to the first um, or, or to it. So <clears throat> we have this kind of um, major chord, and then F, and then we go to, <clears throat> let's say, say E minor. Okay, and then it kind of goes to, say more of a uh, dominant seventh. And notice that if you play E minor, we end up with a B. That actually is in the melody, so. at that moment and then we have the a7 so we do form a two five but that um, dominant seventh get that B flat again you can kind of hear that in the melody okay so we get get the major and then the flat nine okay so that's kind of part of the um, the goal here to think about about this. We have a few different types of chords. We have major type chords. So we talked about um, the six, this would be a six nine chord. Uh, we could have a major seven. Okay. Um, we have the dominant seven type, type chord. So those chords tend to move uh, or resolve, let's say to another, another chord like D minor, for example. So A seven and to D minor. So what a very common extension for, for the um, A7, especially going to minor, is the flat nine. It resolves nicely to, to minor. 
can also be used in major. <clears throat> All right, and then, so we have tonic minor type chords that we also have pre-dominant minor type chords. So, um, and, and sometimes there's some overlap there. So we, we have the key of F for this, for this tune, this for Alice. Um, so that means we have key one flat, we have relative major, and we have the relative minor, which is D minor. Okay, so we can view, view that D minor as maybe a six chord, but we can also view it as a as a five, a two five, or a two five progression, which kind of cascades down. Okay, and that get to the B flat six, so that's going to be the four chord, and that's cut, falls into this family or type of chord. So we've got a major, another major type chord. It's a four chord, so it's kind of in that same family as the um, the F chord. So it's a major type chord that's not a dominant. Okay, and then minor to dominant. So this that's often two five progression. We get this cascading. 2-5 progression and then back to the one chord so that's quite a few of the of the just general chord types you're going to find in, in pretty much all tunes which are the major <clears throat> dominant minor minor 7 flat 5 and the and the diminished um, in this particular tune, there's not really a diminished chord, but you can you can come up with them. So you could say, okay, I'm going to play E minor 7 flat 5, and say the bass player is playing A. You can play this E diminished 7 chord. And the, the reason for that is that um, we have, we have the, the uh, second inversion here. A7, we take the root, place it with a flat nine, right? So we get that. And then there are some other concepts like um, um, plurality, where you, you start seeing that uh, maybe this certain shape um, can kind of stand in for another chord, or, or it sort of has has enough commonalities that that you can say, okay, well, this is sort of something that works in that in that context. All right, so let's do a little more playing. I'm gonna um, dial up Days of Wine and Roses. So just to go go over our featured tune list for this um, this month, it looks like it's gonna be. Uh, Days of Wine and Roses, uh, which is a um, pretty familiar tune, ho hopefully to most, but actually it, does, it doesn't matter. Um, but you want it to be a pretty familiar tune. Um, and um, Atras de Porta, um, so we want that one. Um, that one's totally new to me. I'm, the, I'm like uh, a just found out who the actual composer of the music was today, <laughs> so I, I'm just kind of in the in the midst of 
uh, learning that with all of you, with all of you guys as well. So, um, um, so that's another tune um, that we'll be that we'll be talking about a little bit today. Um, I think next I'm gonna do Days of Wine and Roses, um, and we'll do some just kind of general ideas of types of chords and then extension choices that you're going to use. So an extension is just something that really sits um, above the basic chord, which is um, usually the, um, the the root third, fifth, sixth, or seventh. So uh, six or seven. Okay. So I'll mention to, the, to those podcast listeners too, that this is a video available to uh, members on the uh, YouTube channel. All right, so let's do a little playing on um, Days of Wine and Roses, and I'll uh, also see about incorporating uh, or thinking a little bit more about chord shapes. Um, it's kind of uh, easy temptation to kind of go off on some strictly uh, melodic adventures but um kind of incorporate some some chords that tie into what we're looking at um today all right so let's find a tempo and um make sure so the other day i actually probably should edit edit that out of the live stream but um a little mishap with um where things started and all with the atras de puerta or porta probably pronouncing that all wrong but um all right so we'll do a little days of wine and roses uh let's see let's, let's take it kind of maybe a little slower here and uh do a little playing on it here.
Okay, so um, let's talk about about this sort of on these uh, terms here, um, and I welcome anyone's uh, uh, questions too. And um, so hopefully this little MIDI neck that I'm using will help to uh, demonstrate some of these chords, and I'll try to recall back a little bit to uh, some of the shapes that I was using. So remember, we're trying to think in terms of um, families of of chords, and then choices of uh, of extensions and things. So we have um, again key of key of F here. Okay, so here's an F major nine. Okay, so there's a choice where okay, the nine doesn't go very high above the. Um, uh, the chord itself. So if you start, if you take a scale, let's say F major, and you play it, and you just go kind of one above the octave, so. Okay. Now let's try, uh, so that's that note that we played. So let's play every other note now. So going in third, so root three, Five, seven, nine. Okay, so we get the major nine. And then we're we're omitting the fifth of the chord. So if we were to take this this chord here, so here we would have root third, five, major seven, and it'd be very difficult to play that and that. But it's can do it with tapping two fingers. Play it down here. But that's another kind of interesting topic too, is that uh, if the bass player is already playing F, it's not really so necessary to play it yourself. So you could take this, you might say, okay, what is the context? This is kind of an A minor seven chord. But if you put F under it, then in that context, it's more of a F major nine. Now, uh, when it comes to playing, um, you can certainly play some of these. They're a little bit harder to grasp. Um, so some of these sort of easier, easier um, patterns, sometimes called grips, um, can can be nice to just kind of play and hold on to. So we have these certain extensions that you might expect on on this one chord. And this in this family of, of chords. So the nine is a pretty neutral sound. Okay, now we have this chord. This is a dominant type chord, and I, I oftentimes think of this as as kind of a static dominant, if you will. It's not really you might look it up. I don't know if it's really a technical term, but basically a dominant that doesn't doesn't have a ton of dissonance that you can kind of sit on it. Um, and oftentimes, uh, those, those certain chords like the flat seven or the two chord, or maybe the four chord, oftentimes you get this, chord, this, this sort of quality where the chord is dominant, but maybe it has this sharp 11 sort of sound that just sort of feels appropriate. It's just that it kind of sort of feels like the right sound. 
So again, what we're talking about here is a, is a type of chord, dominant seven. Okay, we're thinking about how we're kind of coloring it in, how we're fitting it in. So we have a kind of a natural nine and, um, and a sharp 11, or even 13. Now you might ask yourself, well, how do I decide uh, which extensions to use? Um, I'll say part of that is just the um, just the experience of of listening to a lot of recordings, and um, and just kind of listening and actually really just playing wrong stuff. So like playing things that don't that doesn't sound right, and then you say, okay, well, that doesn't sound like it would be a flat nine. There, it sound like maybe a natural nine would be more appropriate. So kind of going through that whole trial and error sort of thing. Now another thing is, which I which I think I talked about the other day, is to uh, think about um, trying to keep it in key as much as possible. So we know E flat's out of key, out of at least the diatonic key. But these other notes that I'm talking about are pretty inside the key of F. We have A, that extension, we have F, and C. Yeah, it's actually the F major triad. Right, so Again, that's a, a sort of a rule of thumb that you can try to work with. So, uh, so taking a chord and just seeing if you can kind of keep it um, in the key area as you as you do it. So that's a that's a spot I think where we talked about sort of sort of melodic minor kind of thing. Um, so let's think about some other. And a good example. So that's a that's a dominant type chord, and we talked about major chords, minor. Well, we have this two chord, the G minor. This is actually pretty pretty important in this tune. We have us. Uh, it has several moments. It functions as a two five, quite a bit. Uh, so we have the two five. We have the uh, G minor walking down, connecting to the E minor 7 flat 5. So that's a kind of an important moment there. Okay, And that gives us another chord that, that we're trying to think about, the types of chords and how to color those in. So on two chord, the 9 is great. Um, the 11 works. It's fairly neutral. The um, 13 or a 6, you need to be a little, probably a little bit careful about that, <clears throat> just as a general um, thought when it comes to minor chords in general. But um, the E minor 7 flat 5, so that's the 7 chord. It's functioning as a 2 chord, which is often the case. So the E minor 7 flat 5. To A7. Now E minor 7 flat 5. It, it you might think, well, it has a little bit more um required of it just to make the sound of that chord. So like on uh so what I mean by that is for example on a on the F major seven, I omitted I omitted the five, right? Or on the D, G minor, I omitted the five. 
even on this chord, I omitted the five and this E flat seven. So um, the fifth is often a kind of a, a good note to maybe remove uh, just to, especially on guitar, just to give us space to play, play other notes. Um, but in general, pianists do this as well. Uh, but um, but the minor seven flat five, just the name of that chord tells you what you need. You need this minor quality. Okay, we have flat seven, and then we have the um, flat five. So we already have four notes. In that. But um, it's fairly common to have a eleven in there as well. And then the, um, the nine, you know, if you're playing melody, I'd probably use it as a passing tone maybe, but um, again, trying to think, okay, what's the key area here? Now the six, that's an interesting one because you can really kind of do either one, kind of depending on what you're trying to go for. Okay, so you can, might start pulling from D harmonic minor and then you're thinking of that in terms of this chord. Um, but as far as the chord itself, it has, uh, has a lot required of it. So might, uh, you know, kind of stick with, with the basic part of the chord. Uh, so again, not a lot of diminished, um, it's fully diminished chords, so that's what I want to type that we're also talking about. But we can apply that um, to dominant 7th flat 9 type chords. So again, like in the previous example, and I think I did this actually at some point, um, play, so you, let's say you play E minor 7, third inversion here, and then just kind of drop this down, then you have this C-sharp diminished, which stands in well for uh, A7 with a flat flat 9, which we also talked about in the last example. All right, so um, let's do a little, a little more playing here. Um, so we'll work on... Uh, Tras de Porta, which hopefully I'm pronouncing somewhere near to <laughs> what it needs to sound like. Um, and I'm going to really make sure here to get kind of the right segment on it. All right. Um, and maybe we'll pull this one up too a little bit if we have time. And um, um, I wrote out some some variations to to it as well. So maybe I'll do a little repeat through here. Make sure I turn on the loop, um, and then I'll let's start it right from the beginning here. And I'm gonna probably keep my page on my eye on the page here pretty faithfully because. Uh, so I haven't really internalized this tune.
All right. And it's pretty long with all the, um, uh, with the intro and uh, different segments uh, to it, but really nice tune. So we're going to play a little slower and um, kind of nice and slow here and kind of work through it. And, and this is another thing which I meant to talk about today, which uh, thankfully I'm remembering now. Um, it's If you play on a slower, um, slower tune, then it kind of gives you some op opportunity to really stretch out and explore um, some voicings and, and try some different um, extensions. And I, I would encourage you to try some things out um, just in general in your practice session and, and just have your ear sort of tell you, oh, well, I don't know about the sound of that or I like the sound of that, that all that, um, to kind of just make those make those leaps so um, that way when you're when you're performing somewhere you kind of know it just depends on on what you're where you're playing and all that is uh, you know if you're playing um, in a uh, maybe concert setting where you have a bunch of musicians in the audience and feeling like you could real really stretch out and just get kind of edgy with things um, then you kind of know some of those those sounds, uh, but if you're playing maybe in a uh, quiet, quiet sort of background dinner environment or something or a club, then you might say, "Well, um, you might play a little more conservatively." You might say so. All right. Well, let's play here uh, with this uh, this tune. I might play around with the tempo a little bit as we go. We'll see what happens. Thank you. 
Okay, so um, talking a little bit about this tune um, here. Um, <clears throat> and I'll see, well, maybe we'll, we'll see what I can do if I, um, sure I have it on this computer yet. Um, see what I can do here. See if I can bring in the um, other uh, version. So I, I wrote out a little more on this one. Um, see if I can pull that up for us. But um, as I'm doing that, let's think about kind of what um, what happening there. So I was playing, you know, so I'm playing some arpeggios. I was really thinking about about these chords so that we can um, talk about these motions. So quite a few times I had uh, the minor seven flat five moving to this diminished sort of sound, which is just part of a really natural way that the uh, those two kind of work together um, and, and flow with one another. So, um, all right, well, it looks like my uh, computers didn't want to connect today. Um, so probably have to save that part, but I'll just go over some, some changes there and, um, and some, some chords and maybe just talk a little bit similarly to what we did um, uh, just then. So, um, All right, so we have A minor. Now, when the chords change, you can really stay on the same kind of thing, or when the bass note moves, you can really kind of stay on the same same thing. But what happens is if you if the bass note changes, like so, A minor seven, and then they go over to the G, it's nice to have that that. Um, reordering of the of the notes so you can you can do that or not do that and you might do it to taste you know so you might decide that um you know depending on what you're doing so let's say you go you might go just to have some motion or right or this to this so you can choose these different different versions and make a little bit of motion or you can go in the opposite direction too, so you say. So let's say you have the A, right, and then, and then that note goes, uh, bass note goes down and you're kind of heading up. So those are just some, some things that you can try to do. So F sharp minor seven, flat five, again, a lot of it required of it already. Um, you can put it, Sometimes it's nice to put it over the, uh, say a C chord, and then you get the B7. Now a couple things I was, I was doing, I was doing this voicing for the B, fairly certain I did that. All right, so you get the flat nine on bottom, which is a little bit, I don't say risky, but it's a little, little bit edgy, so it's a lower, kind of lower down, but it's kind of a nice sound. Okay, but of course you could play this, this chord here uh, with the flat nine, or maybe go 
Play a sharp, sharp nine on it. Okay. Um, I think at some point I played more of an E minor six sort of sound on the E minor, and then maybe back up to uh, the D there. The C7, so the, that's a dominant seventh chord, of course. Um, a lot of interesting kind of things you can do with that. Um, you might even call it little tricks or things, but um, you, can, you can take this chord shape, and this moves around pretty pretty well um, for, for different things. So you could say, okay, this one for C7 sharp nine, or say, okay, play it down there. So it becomes a first inversion, but it's the same shape. Okay, so that's kind of an interesting feature of that chord. So also you have, you have root position. So that's, so you have the sharp 11 there. You can also do that same shape here, right, with a sharp 11 and then on from there and then this root and on from there, so it's kind of the same shape. Other shapes that are really nice, and this is a really nice sound I find, this chord voiced this way. Another one that you can move pretty nicely around. So this right now on the root, it works really not nicely on the third. Well, which actually we talked about in the other tune. So those are some areas, and then just thinking too about um, some of the the way the motions work. So you have like, and here I have the key one sharp. So there's a moment where we have this. So F sharp, or sorry, C, excuse me, C sharp minor seven flat five, going to the F sharp seven flat nine, and then to the F sharp minor seven flat five, to the B seven. I've oftentimes really enjoyed that type of progression um, where you end up, and this is also in the uh, Days of Wine and Roses where you have, might have a, a D minor to G seven, then the chord quality changes and you have another two five. Um, I remember first I almost, well, I don't know if I remember the exact moment, but I almost remember pretty clearly just take really taking to that sort of sound. So, so it's sort of a circle of fists, but it gives you a little moment um, in each of those, those two fives. Um, so that's pretty, pretty kind of cool. Um, all right, now we have this uh, E6. Put that over B. All right. So it's a major type chord. Right? Okay, and then B as well. Okay. All right, so there's our particular moments, and there's definitely a lot to be gained from. Um, this tune and really, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, some of those moments of uh, of playing on either uh, um, the 
uh, major or the minor. All right, everybody. Well, I'm going to do a little more playing, and then we'll head off here. And um, um, so I think I'm going to do a little bit on the same tune. We'll do a little faster here, and bring in some some chorus and just do some more kind of melodic playing here. Thank you. 
everybody. Uh, well, thanks so much for checking this out. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, I will uh, see you all in the next one. Let me know if you have any uh, questions, topics. Um, that's always helpful to hear um, how everybody's doing. Um, and so I will see you all in the next one. Have a great practice session.